future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Welcome, welcome. Yes, here we are again. Yes, we are back. It is the Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. And I cannot think of a better way to bring in the new month of June by welcoming you to the Wednesday show with Cyril Michalako. Yes, Cyril is back and Cyril is the editor-in-chief at the Bucks County Beacon. And he joins me to dig into pressing issues in Bucks County, Pennsylvania and across the globe. This show joins Altacoop Live, our Monday evening interview show, and, of course, our Friday Politics Roundup, where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. You can get all our shows by subscribing to our podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. you got to check out all the great work over at the Bucks County Beacon. Head on over to BucksCountyBeacon.com. And you should also set, sign up for Cyril's newsletter on Substack. That's CyrilMichaleko.substack.com. Links, of course, to all this will be in today's show notes. You can help support this show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress. Your support has helped make today's show possible. You can also help out the show by going over to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the stream for this show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time we go live. And yes, we hit our milestone that we've been working at now. We've been hoping, we've been wanting to get there. Yes, we crossed the 200 subscriber level. Uh, we were at 205 or something like that before the show. So thank you all, you new subscribers. Welcome, welcome to our fine family of podcasts. Share this with your friends. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you're leaving us that five-star review. That helps other people find the show. You subscribe to our YouTube channel, other people get to find the show too, right? Even if you're not listening to YouTube channels all the time, does that's okay. You can still subscribe to the channel, help other folks find the show. You can also sign up for our Discord server. Info on that is in today's show notes too as well. A special shout out goes to Jonathan Mann who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at um, Song of Day Man. That's with two N's. That's at Song of Day Man on Twitter. And if you missed any of our last few Out the Coop live show, man, you've missed some great ones. This past week, uh, Kirsten Zolfo was on the show unmasking Representative Brian Fitzpatrick's moderate moniker. And then last week, Sarah Aniano broke down the rhetorical strategies of right-wing misinformation and conspiracy theories. Jonathan Casa from North Penn joined us to talk about how right-wing school board extremism is undermining democracy. And just kind of like a few shows back, Garen McGarrian was on the show um, to talk about his three-part series in the Bucks County Beacon and how right-wing is weaponizing defamation suits to suppress opposition voices. Well, on this episode of Out the Coop Live, Cyril and I will take a look at what's happening at the Bucks County Beacon and the decision by Gannett News to cut the columns of Cyril and other community voices out of the Bucks County Courier Times and the Intelligencer. What does this tell us about the corporate takeover of local newspapers and what we need to do in the progressive media community in order to ensure that our voices are heard? Welcome back to the show, Cyril, man. It's great to have you. Hey, it's great to be back, Kevin. 
Yes, it is June, and uh, June has uh, already been kind of uh, promising to be just as bad as May was. So <laughs> here we go. We're often we're often having we're often doing it, but there's also great organizing that's going around. Um, so that's all good. But this, uh, I have to say. Um, you know, we talked about this on our Friday show, uh, Friday Politics Roundup a little bit with Amy Connect this past weekend uh, or this past week and um, found out right before the show um, about what happened to your column over at the Bucks County Courier Times and the Intelligencer. And I think that has, has a lot to, I don't know, have us reflect a lot about about what this means, right, both in terms of the broader um, part and then what we need to do is, as a community, we've got to move forward. So I thought maybe you can kind of walk us through a little bit about what happened with that column, but also, you know, like to remind us uh, about how we got there, right? I mean, it felt like, I think, to a lot of folks in the community that this was a huge watershed moment, that finally we had a progressive voice uh, within the Bucks County Courier Times. Um, but, you know, as they say, the flame that burns twice as bright burns half as long, I guess, if I'm going to quote Blade Runner. Um, but there you go. So why don't you take us a little bit of back into that, what happened, but also a little bit about the story about how we got to have you as a columnist in the Bucks County Courier Times. Yeah, sure. Um, so before I, I started um, writing my progressive uh, biweekly column there, I was a longtime critic of the paper. And I was a critic of the paper because, you know, reading it, um, you know, most times daily, if, if you do that, you see that, you know, there's definitely a right wing editorial bias, right, that often kind of makes its way either through the editorial pages, um, the way they frame stories, or how they describe members of Congress, like Brian Fitzpatrick, um, as you know, a moderate. But you know, for me, it was like really, you know, and this was during like the height of like the Trump presidency, where they were just like unapologetically, you know, platforming and promoting, you know, far right voices. And I got to a point where I was just like, okay, I need to write something about this. So I wrote this uh, column called "Does Hate Have a Home?" Um, at the Bucks County Courier, Courier Times. I remember that? Um, at an outlet called Demcast, and there was there's two people really that I I was highlighting in that article. The first was you know they have like a reader advisory panel, and so they had just announced like their reader advisory panel for that year. Um, and this was like three years ago. And one of the people that they had appointed to the panel um, was a white supremacist, right? <laughs> All you had to do is like look at his blog, which is out for everyone to see. Right. It's right? not something that was buried in the dark web, right? I mean, it was right there. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and this was a man who, like, one, believes in segregation. Two, questioned AOC's intelligence because she's Puerto Rican. Right. Three, had written that blacks have low IQs or that Michelle Obama wouldn't have gotten into Princeton had she been required to take a written test. Like this was the disgusting, despicable kind of human being, you know, based on his opinions. Right. Um, and and so, you know, I, I was the one who kind of like tweeted that out and exposed him. And, you know, eventually, because like a lot of the local media started sniffing around, you know, they were forced to kind of uh, quietly remove him, but without ever kind of really offering an explanation or an autopsy about how something like that could have happened. And then, you know, I think like the second, you know, the other person who really encapsulates like what, you know, what's wrong with, 
you know, the Carrier's editorial page um, was J.D. Mullane. Um, yeah. You know, he's the right wing columnist, a kind of like, you know, pro Trump blowhard. Um, you know, some of the things that they let him get away with, like, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But not all those opinions are appropriate for like a community newspaper, right? So like, for example, like on his podcast, Mullane was going off against Pope Francis saying how he hated America because he called Islam a religion of peace, right? Which is bigoted and Islamophobic. He tweeted out to his fellow far-right shock trooper, Dom Giordano, um, who used to have a column at the character as well, mm -hmm. that the squad's nickname should be the Jihad Squad. Um, yep. He's written a column about uh, feminism being responsible for mass shootings. Um, and, you know, he, and he was actually the one who, who revealed that the Proud Boys were rallying shoulder to shoulder with local Republicans outside of Fitzpatrick's office. But the way he reported it, I don't think like he thought that like there was gonna be a blowback because he was treating them with kid gloves. Right. right? And he's like, he, yeah, you know, hey. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, he writes and I'm quoting like, oh, you guys are the white supremacists, right? I said, and, the, and a proud boy shot back, I'm offended, I'm Puerto Rican. We're really just an all men's drinking club, right? And that was from a proud boy named Zach who I believe was Zach Real, the, yep. the former president of the Philly chapter, who's now in prison you know, for his role in commenting the insurrection, right? And he's waiting uh, sentencing, I believe. Um, so, you know, you look at that, um, and for some reason, it just like, it didn't occur to the Courier Times like that they were kind of committing journalistic malpractice well and look you know i think that that's kind of the expectation that you you have in a, on you know in an editorial page especially when you have columns right is that that's what's different between the op-ed in a newspaper and twitter right or someone's random blog that's out there right is that when you're going through an editorial process right you're the assumption is or at least was at one point in time that the editorial staff is kind of like, you know, is making sure that the, the kinds of things that are appearing in those pages meet some degree of kind of, you know, say facts or reality um, and are not kind of, you know, hate mongering. I mean, that was kind of the page, right? This was, these were spaces for reasons, kind of discussion and debate. Yes, different kinds of opinion, wide range of opinion, but not hate, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And then, like, even with like, you know, the Proud Boys, you know, the way that Mullane handled it, you know, then that still gave the, the editorial leadership an opportunity to kind of like put out their own kind of statement about what they thought about an extreme, you know, what, who the FBI has labeled an extremist group, the Southern Poverty Law Center calls a hate group. Like there's a time for them to call out the Bucks GOP and say, hey, wait a second, this isn't good. Exactly. You guys are, are commingling with these extremists and there shouldn't be a place for them in Bucks County. They should not, hate should not have a home in Bucks County. But they didn't, right? You know, because they never do. They never really call out the right-wing extremism and, and and now what we're seeing in Bucks County is that the Bucks County Republican Party is the base is is more extremist than it's ever been. 
right? It's not just like a fringe wing of the party that we're right. contending with. Like this is the party. Um, and so, you know, the the article kind of that I that I put out on Demcast like made some waves. And you know, to Gannett's credit, you know, I talked to someone at Gannett, and then it started a conversation with the then editor of the Courier Times, um, where I was invited to kind of you know, like once a month, I offered a critique of some of the things that I would flag where I thought that, you know, they were kind of like dropping the ball with how they were covering or or not covering, right? Because sins of omission are just as bad as like, you know, what, what you're actually finding in the newspaper. Right. And you know, after maybe like five, six months of doing that, that's when I eventually was asked to come on um, and to kind of like be a, a progressive voice and a counter um, to you know, Dom Giordano, who had been writing at the time and then for some reason stopped shortly after I came on. Um, but, you know, you had like him and JD essentially kind of like echoing each other's, you know, just toxic far right politics. Right. So this was basically, you know, it, it was kind of like, okay, we're start, finally going to finally have an oppositional voice, right? I mean, even in the limited, like, you know, in the limited way that they were offering you. So it's like, you know, I guess it's baby steps in the positive direction, right, to bring you on. And I think that, you know, in many ways, I think that bore fruit pretty quickly. I mean, people started paying attention and thought this was a good thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know for a fact that like people were subscribing, um, you know, because they brought me on as a columnist, yep. um, you know, and, and essentially I was kind of like, you know, you know, functioning as an unofficial like ombudsperson, right, kind of either critiquing what the paper was doing or just kind of like filling in the blanks from what they weren't covering. Um, and, you know, and I, I pointed this out in my column, it's just like, you know, the one thing that I wanted to do is just kind of like finally be there to give like local progressives a voice right right um something that they haven't haven't had or hadn't had excuse me you know for 10 15 20 plus years right. i think um you know someone who you know they have their liberal columnist phil john vaccaro but again like he, he's not really connected into the community you, you know he'll, he'll typically swing at the low-hanging fruit like write an anti-trump column um but you know, I was I was trying to kind of cover the stories that I knew the Courier Times wouldn't cover, and provide like the progressive clarity and analysis um, that had been missing in the paper for so long. Yeah, and I also think that you know what your column started to do um, right from the get go, and this is something you said in your kind of inaugural column for there too, is is to really highlight people doing the work in the community. Right. And I think that was, you know, not only we we're talking about the issues that were kind of important here, but we're pointing people in directions, right, of work being done on the ground, right, and voices of people um, who have been doing that work for a long period of time that had been virtually ignored in the pages of, you know, the pages of record in the county, if you will. Yes. And, um, you know, that, that that's something I, I kind of like made a point that I, I wanted to do. And, and, and it's something that thankfully, you know, the community kind of embraced because, you know, a lot of folks would just reach out to me with either story ideas or, um, you know, with, you know, being willing to kind of like go on record and offer their opinion on, you know, a lot of these issues that are kind of like have been tearing the community apart. Right. right. And especially in like places like, you know, Penridge School District and Central Bucks School District, um, 
with regards to their kind of anti-LGBTQ agenda uh, and their war on critical thinking and intellectual freedom. Well, and I thought that this year in particular, right, that you were writing this column, I thought was so critical, I mean, for your voice to be there. I mean, look, I mean, we've said this before when we've talked on the show like multiple times is there are reporters that are doing some, you know, excellent work, right? Chris O'Leary comes to mind and kind of immediately and kind of covering some of the stuff as a reporter, right? And covering what's actually happening there. But the actual, what you get in the kind of, you know, uh, in the, the main pages of the newspaper and that kind of reporting is absolutely critical so we can see what's going on. What happens in the, you know, especially when you have like critical op-eds, right? Good op-eds, right? Um, good columnists who are in there are helping us make sense of what this is, putting it in context, right? And connecting up with other voices in the community, which distinguishes it, right? From the kind of journalism that someone like Chris Ullery would do, which I thought those two things were so important during these kind of like, you know, extremists, like uh, coming up on the school boards, the insanity that we went through in the uh, the 2021 school board and municipal elections, um, Seeing, you know, I mean, overt threats, um, you know, the CRT nonsense, the anti-masking stuff. I mean, one after the other. And yours was one of those voices that was basically saying, OK, um, yes, this is going on. Let's put this in context. Let's kind of connect the dots here now so that we all know, um, like now we have a way of understanding what's moving forward. Yeah. And, and, and I think like, you know, looking forward, I. And it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be me, right? It, I'm just disappointed that they're cutting the the editorial page to like one day a week. Now, well, again, be, like before, let's let's go into that because we haven't talked about that particular. So before we get to moving forward, maybe. So what actually happened? So we find this out on Friday that they're basically cutting your column, right? Can you take us into that so that we kind of have you know this kind of moment? We're marking that moment to say this this is actually what went on. Yeah, it, it was actually um, Thursday. Um, which was after my latest column came out um, about Central Bucks School District, explaining how the right-wing school board was paving an expressway to unconstitutional censorship with their new library policy. Um, and later that afternoon, I got a message from the editor, say, hey, can you give me a call? I need to talk to you. Um, and the editor explained that, you know, that unfortunately, like while he, he was happy for, you know, all the writing that I've done over the last 14 months, um, you know, they couldn't offer me a regular column anymore because they were cutting the opinion page um, to one day a week. I'm not sure exactly when that's going to start. I haven't seen it yet, but um, he said it would be Sundays limited to three pages, right? And because of like the limited real estate, um, he said it wasn't feasible. Now, just to be clear, like, you know, and he said that, like, you know, obviously, like, he, he would have liked, like, more to keep, you know, because they had already cut it to three days a week. And right. He would have liked it for at least, like, like, keep it at that. But at the same time, like, if they wanted to prioritize my column, they could still do that. Exactly. Right. Like, they could, they could still choose to have it as a regular column because, again, like I, like I mentioned before, like, they've never had a regular progressive columnist before me, one who was, you know, homegrown from born and bred in Bucks County, right? Um, and who's connected, who's actually talking to people in Bucks County on the ground, working on these issues, organizing around these issues, um, you know, providing the voices of clarity and reason and common sense on these issues that often get ignored. 
So, you know, but, but like uh, what I was going to say before is just like, you know, I wouldn't even mind even if they, it doesn't even have to necessarily be me, right? Like, of course, I liked writing the calm and I, you know, I, I tried my hardest, to, you know, to represent the progressive community as best I could. If they wanted to have someone else come in, you know, that would be fine as well. But the fact that, you know, they're just kind of losing that kind of progressive voice, progressive analysis, someone who can kind of like provide the depth and breadth and like, you know, in the history, right, that kind right. of um, explains the moment that we're in right now. It, it's just a huge loss. Well, and I, I think that even if, you know, I, I think about it even in terms of, you know, what's going to replace it, right? Now, we don't know what that's going to look like quite yet. Um, but I can imagine is that, you know, you have, I mean, again, the Courier Times, the Intelligencer got bought out by Gannett, right? And I can imagine them looking at this and say, okay, well, we already have columnists. So now we're just going to put these national columnists in once a week, right, to debate these kind of national issues. And let's just say that's the case. Let's even say that those are good columns, right? Let's say that there's a good balance that's there. What is lost is kind of what exactly you said, is that we're losing the connection to what's actually happening on the ground in our community, Right. And instead, we're off into these national politics. So this, that seems to be absolutely critical, especially, you know, that these issues are are hot right now in this county. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you would see maybe that and, and then maybe some kind of like, um, you know, non-confrontational, like statewide columns um, being printed God. or published. Um, but, you know, again, like what I was trying to do is kind of uncover what's happening on the ground, whether it's like the growing right wing extremism um, of school board candidates of groups like Penridge for Educational Liberty, Reopen Bucks, um, their Picnic Pals, the local 3% militia, the Proud American Patriots Network, um, or these, these very dangerous uh, education policies that these school boards are pushing through that are looking to kind of take books off the shelves and um, indoctrinate students right through these policies because you know indoctrination not only involves like what you're feeding them but it's just like what you're not letting them read right um and so you know again like and especially given the fact that like bucks county really you know it's a suburban kind of like philadelphia county it's not necessarily seen and, that, and this is probably mistakenly as a, you know, a bastion of like, you know, far right Mastrianoism. Um, but, you know, if you look beneath like the, you know, the pretty suburban neighborhoods, right? Like in some of these houses, you do have these type of people. And these people are, are, are in school boards, right? They're, they're school board presidents. Tell me about it. They're, um, or in Doylestown, right? They, you know, um, Don Bancroft, who was arrested inside the Capitol building during the insurrection, screaming that she wanted to shoot Nancy Pelosi in the head, right. was just elected as a GOP state committee person. And I just want to like mention, like this is something that the Courier Times has not covered yet. I'm not sure why, but again, this is their blind spot, or this is where this is just another example where they're kind of like failing to uncover the right wing extremism that's looking to take over not only the county, but now the state with exactly. um, State Senator Doug Mastriano running for governor. 
Exactly. 100%. You know, and this is, uh, you know, this is one of the things that, you know, I talked with when we had uh, Jonathan Casa on. Um, one of the things that he was kind of pointing to, um, looking at, you know, the fact that now we have democracy on the ballot, right, in Pennsylvania. I mean, this has now been covered in, in it's national news, right? Chris Hayes picked this up and saying, you know, look, the democracy is on the ballot here. And of course, we know that quite well here in Bucks County, where, uh, you know, in many ways, the playbook was formed um, for these kind of far right candidates to move forward. So, um, you know, it's it, it's pretty crazy. So I think this, you know, this brings up or puts us in a position to go like, what does this mean going forward? And, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm like, God, thank God, right, that that the the ending of this column, <laughs> right, took place um, in the aftermath of you also getting becoming the editor in chief of the Bucks County Beacon. Um, because, um, and you know, and again, this is, I, I don't want to just say, okay, it's because Cyril is our demigod here. You know, it's like this, that's not the point, but the point is, is that you brought that same energy that you had in the column over the Bucks County beacon and are in the process, I would say, of kind of remaking that into being the kind of space that we all need. And, and there's, there's some, some possibilities about what we need to be doing going forward, um, especially as we move into this kind of election season with democracy on the ballot. Um, but there's a larger context here. And let me just kind of read this. This came in on Twitter um, shortly after I kind of put out the promo for today's show. Uh, this is JM High on Twitter basically said, you know, I said, OK, what's the state of what's going to happen in terms of the local media? And he says, state of local media iHeartRadio plus Cumulus Consolidated Radio, Nextar plus Sinclair Dominate Television, two hedge funds own one half newspaper circulation, FCC under Trump gutted remaining local ownership limits, we have a pink slime epidemic, also Indian online pubs filling the voids, right? And why I wanted to highlight that comment, right, that tweet was in part because it points to two things. Like one, we've we've had this slow burn and the destruction of um, local ownership over media, the consolidation and turning them into yet yet more profit centers for these hedge funds. Um, and then, you know, in many ways, I think we champion the, uh, you know, the Indian online pubs like the Bucks County Beacon, like what we do here at Raging Chicken in order to fill in the voids. But the big problem here, of course, right, is that you're filling in these voids primarily with volunteer hours, Right. Is that one of the why it's so important to have locally like local newspapers, right? Well-funded local newspapers is that you actually people are going to get paid to do this work and don't do it just when they have time. Right. So, I mean, first, you're a little bit about kind of your reflections on that a little bit. And then let's talk a little bit about what you see happening with the beacon moving forward, in addition to already the outstanding changes that you've made. Sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, the, you know, I'm really excited about the Bucks County Beacon because, you know, because of what we have just been talking about, um, you know, it, it shows why it's so needed and, and necessary right now. Um, and, you know, I just want to like point out, like, you know, the, the, the Bucks County Beacon is about the voices of Bucks County's progressive community just like my column was really, it was never about me, it was about we and what, what everyone has have and ha has and have and had been doing um, before my column even started. And, and, and so my role is almost like the role of an organizer, right? Yeah. Like within the beacon, like leading that. And, and what I'm trying to do is, um, 
you know, to bring in the voices, right? To bring in those organizers, those activists, the civil rights lawyers, the candidates, or, or just the concerned parents um, who want to articulate, um, you know, ideas that they have for the community, um, criticisms they have of what they're seeing happening to the community. Um, and I f I'm really excited about the roster of writers that we've already brought on yeah and that's just going to expand but in order for that to continue to expand and to and in order for the bucks county beacon to be a you know progressive movement media um, organization and institution in bucks county for the long haul um, you know we need folks to support us and it's an investment but it's an investment where the returns are going to be a more democratic and progressive Bucks County. Yeah, and I think this is what it's it's going to take. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, you and I have talked a little bit about, we've talked about, teased it a little bit on the show so far. And now it's going to be the question where, you know, now we're into June. It's going to be about turning into finding the time and the space in order to do this is, you know, we've been talking about wanting to have some form of, say, a Bucks County Progressive Media Summit. Right. Where getting folks who are either, you know, directly involved in producing independent media or those voices in the community that kind of need these kind of independent voices in order to have um, their own work amplified and even acknowledged. Right. Um, and and to really try to think strategically about how to move forward, because, you know, in many ways, the Bucks County Beacon is quickly becoming the center point, um, you know, the kind of the, the tip of the spear, if you will these kind of efforts just in part of what you've been able to do in this short period of time bringing these writings uh, writers on expanding the coverage and giving people i think a concrete sense of what it looks like and what it feels like um to have a publication like the bucks county beacon where you get to see the voices represented right um from the perspective of the progressive community now of course there's some just straight up reporting that's happening there too as well but the fact that they're paying that you're paying attention to issues right and events and actions that are going on like for example i mean you know bucks county beacon just today right i mean or was even yesterday he posted that june 1st bucks county pride flag raising to kick off pride month right you know where is that on the front pages of the career times and intelligence or any paper but but that's stuff means things to people in our communities, right, who have been struggling for, you know, for decades in many cases for this kind of acknowledgement and awareness. So I think kind of thinking forward, thinking strategically, how is it that we go about um, supporting something like the Bucks County Beacon, right? So I think that, I mean, we need to find out well, who are the progressive funders, right? I mean, where are the people that are going to say get behind a project of investing in progressive media like the Bucks County Beacon and making sure that those writers that are coming on are going to get paid, um, but also just the kind of daily expenses of keeping this up and going. And I think this has been the the struggle and the main challenge of independent kind of progressive media um, for decades. And, um, you know, and I, I, I think we have an opportunity to do something really special here um, that can light the way moving forward. Yeah. And in, in, in addition to just the, you know, the, the larger funders that, you know, potentially could kind of help us in our longevity, um, you know, we have thousands of people reading the website already a each month. Right. So like if each of each of them could just donate either, either five or ten dollars a month. Right. 
you know, that would go such a long way. Um, you know, that would support paying freelance writers who we're, we're going to be bringing on. Um, and we have one freelance writer who's written for like in these times and current affairs. Her name is Mindy Isser. Uh, she's she's going to be working with us over the next uh, few months. She's and awesome. I want too. To she's of, amazing. She's amazing. Uh, Absolutely. And, and and I want to bring more people on like her, right, um, to, to kind of expand our coverage, um, to broaden the depth and breadth of our, our reporting and our um, analysis and explanations, you know, of the issues that we're facing um, from the local level to school boards uh, to the statewide level with these uh, statewide election races with people like Doug Mastriano, who who kind of represents like the growing like extremist Christian nationalist kind of strain of the Republican Party in Pennsylvania. Yeah, 100%. And look, you know, I know like people listening to this and I know that you're getting inundated right now, right? If you're involved politically, you're getting inundated with, you know, calls to donate to this campaign, to donate to this, to donate to this. And it can seem overwhelming. And I get that, especially that, you know, it just so happens that folks on the progressive end of things don't have like bottomless, you know, pocketbooks as it will. Right. But this is kind of the idea about beginning to think about prioritization of like what we're going to do invested. Right. So like, just to give you an example, is I, I've got, you know, I, I'm sure as lots of other folks, I'm getting all these calls to donate to these campaigns for, you know, to go up against. Uh, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, donate $5 to Marjorie Taylor Greene's race in here. And, you know, let me be frank. Um, she won her primary by 50 points, right? She won her primary by 50 points. And, you know, the folks, the, you know, again, good candidate running against her. The chance of that, uh, um, the winning that candidate is kind of slim, right? Um, but, you know, there's an outside risk, sure. But when you're thinking about the money that you're giving, right? You, I mean, I think we need to be thinking that we need to be investing in our backyards right now, right? We need to be investing in places like the Bucks County Beacons. We need to invest, we're gonna give to candidates, give to these candidates for state legislature and local municipal elections and do here, right? We're doing our part, what we can do by setting up our, you know, working with levelfield.net to basically set up our kind of a community-based pack to invest in this stuff. But the Bucks County Beacon, is one of these things you could donate to. And just to, if you want to know how you could do that, look, you just go to buckscountybeacon.com, right? You go right up, you scroll down on the right-hand side. You, first you can thing you do is subscribe to their weekly newsletter where you can update what's happening in there. And directly under that, it says support the beacon. You click on support us, right? And it gives you those options. It gives you the options to become a monthly supporter, right? Five, 10, 20, 50, $100. You could be an annual supporter if you'd rather give in kind of uh, one kind of lump sum. Or if you're not sure if you can kind of do the monthly or the bigger, you could become a one-time supporter. Um, supporter. So instead of recurring payments, you can just kind of, okay, I'm going to drop that money in right now. So, <coughs> so the mechanism is set up there if you want to kind of join in to help support the beacon. And look, and I, you know, I, I don't mean to take up, you know, a ton of time just doing this kind of promotion of it here, but I really do think that we need to be promoting it in this kind of way. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this before on the show is when I first started doing stuff with Raging Chicken, one of the hardest things for me to learn to do is ask people for money because I, I wasn't doing it for money, right? I mean, still, I've been doing this now for, you know, since 2011, and I'm still, I'm not, I don't get any money for this. I mean, every, all the money that I get from our members, all the money I get for, and the money that I put in personally is going to help support the infrastructure, making sure that we can keep this up and running and expanding our offerings, right? The Bucks County Beacon, we have the opportunity to invest in, and in, in really a media institution here that is going to, not only is going to get these words out, 
but is also going to help cultivate right and support the next generation of progressive media activists and journalists right who can cover this stuff that need to be covering so sorry for the uh, you know the extended advertisement there uh, Cyril um, but I do think I really wanted to hit this point today I appreciate that so so where does this leave us? And um, well, I guess I have two things to kind of close it out. I know we're going a little long today, but you know, for the first, the first one is, you know, um, like what are some of the kind of ways you want people to be thinking about this going forward? Things that are um, in your mind, and then maybe give us a little preview of some of the stuff that's in the page of the Beacon today. So people may not have checked this out. What are the kinds of things that people are reporting immediately? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost is just continue like speaking with me and reaching out to me. So for example, um, last night, someone on Facebook mentioned that there is an NRA um, fundraiser in, in neighboring Montgomery County. Um, and he pointed me to someone who is trying to organize a protest to counter that because she's kind of disgusted that they're they're hosting this this fundraiser just after like Buffalo and Texas and you know less than a mile away from her kids elementary school. So I, I asked her to write an opinion piece an op ed about why she's doing this in order to use that as an organizing tool and a vehicle to get people to kind of not just be aware of it, but hopefully kind of engage with it and join. Um, so, you know, that's just like one example of like the work that I'm, I'm trying to do with the Beacon and how I want the Bucks County Beacon to kind of be an organizing tool, right? right. A, a movement media outlet. Um, and then, you know, moving forward, we're going to, like I mentioned before, we are we have we have a plan to expand um, our coverage of state and local statewide elections as well as local elections. Um, we'll continue on with kind of like the school board wars, you know, and the far right's attempt to kind of like make over uh, public education. And we're going to continue to expand the opinion page because obviously with the Courier Times reducing it to one day a week, right? We're we want to be the go-to space for, you know, progressive political reporting, analysis, and opinion, and that happens when the progressive community gets involved in the project, becomes engaged, and not just support the media but kind of be the media. You know, because the one thing I mentioned is like they, the op-ed page is the one space that's small d democratic in a, you know, a local newspaper, and they've just cut that off at the knees. So we want to build that up at the Bucks County Beacon. And, and that's why I want people to kind of reach out to me, either on Twitter, email, Facebook, etc. Um, and either let me know what you think we should be covering or let me know how you'd like to get involved and help out. 100%. Well, you know, there's some people that are already involved right now, and I want to give them a little shout out right now who are basically pushing this show out on Twitter as we speak. A special thanks to Alyssa Bowen. Special thanks to uh, Freya1008. Special thanks to uh, Chris Ballerini, uh, to Starry Eye JGC, one of my favorite Twitter warriors, to Kirsten, uh, to Melza B, to... Sasha, one five 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 one zero six seven, uh, to Jenny Stevens, to Garen McGarian, and to uh, Jim High. That's uh, just the short list. And special thanks to John Doherty. I would like to read this one out. It says it would be a great time in the PAO one to check out the foremost progressive columnist in Bucks County and the best local radio show centered on promoting progressive voices right now on YouTube. Thank you so much, John, for those kind words. And I know that uh, together. 
um, using the platforms that we have to kind of push these things out to help you know, help us all think together collectively about how to ensure that we are building the infrastructure we need moving forward is going to be absolutely critical. So uh, thank you for those words. Crazy. Uh, so Cyril, man, thank you so much for joining me today. I know I, uh, I kind of uh, force you to stick around a little bit longer than need be, but I, you know, it's one of these uh, absolutely critical moments uh, in our time. And, you know, I thanks so much for the work that you do. Thank you, Kevin, and thanks for everyone who's listening in and kind of giving us a shout out on Twitter. 100%. Well, hey, everybody, this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. I uh, want to remind you, you can help support this show by heading over to patreon.com slash rcpress. You become a patron of this show for as little as five bucks a month. Um, you can also look, um, if you don't have the cash, kind of burning a, you know, uh, burning a hole in your pants or burning a hole in your pocket, well, you know, make sure you share out the show, just like folks did here. Make sure you head on over to our YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe to that. That helps other people find the show. Leave us that five-star review on our podcast. That helps other people find the show and head on over to the buckscountybeacon.com um, and make sure you subscribe to the newsletter make sure you subscribe to Cyril's newsletter and if you can help support them out too as well the support us button is right there on the main page Cyril man I'm looking forward to talking to you soon and I'm looking forward to the organized we got ahead of us definitely Kevin I'll talk to you soon all right here we go this is Kevin Mahoney editor and founder of Raging Chicken we are headed out into June everybody it's the summer of organizing, the summer of rage, the summer of fire as we need to kind of build out the st structures to take back our democracy. Here we go. See ya.